Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. we got a great show for you today. We're going to focus on the United Nations, an organization created decades ago to bring security and peace to the world. But today, it has become not only a woke institution, it has become a coddler of human rights abusers and inept enough that it can't even condemn one of the greatest attacks on humanity in modern history, the Hamas atrocities on Israel on October 7th. The UN could not get enough votes to condemn what happened that horrific day where 1,400 Israelis were slaughtered. Just think about that. I want you to just put there. A lot of people are beginning to uh, raise the question of whether it's time to pull funding from the United Nations until it can reform itself, until it can stop wasting money, until it can stop promoting anti-American sentiments, until it can stop embracing Iran and China and start condemning hatred and violence human rights abuses around the world. Heck, we give them billions of dollars a year and they're no longer aligned with the mission or our values. That's what a lot of people are saying. You're going to hear at the top of the show from Senator Marsha Blackburn. She feels strongly about this. I think you're going to enjoy what she has to say. This is a big, big conversation we're going to have. She's leading the fight on many different things, but including the United Nations. And then the second phase of the show, we're going to have Ken Blackwell, former UN ambassador, U.S. ambassador to the United Nations Human Rights Council, one of the places where human rights aren't being dealt with anymore. It used to work good, like when Ambassador Blackwell was there, but today it is not. It embraces, it excuses, it obfuscates the moral clarity needed to fight human rights abuses across the world. And Ambassador Blackwell is going to give us a good skinny on that. And then we're going to finish up with one of President Trump's lawyers, Jesse Benal. He's a really big player in fighting back against the notion that criminal cases should be brought against people by their opponents in election. And he thinks, I think you'll hear from this today, Amanda and I had a great conversation with him, he thinks that perhaps this strategy that Democrats have, the four prosecutions, the big civil case in New York, that it may be backfiring, both in the 
law enforcement community and in the political election that is awaiting us in 2024. He'll explain why he thinks that and what's ahead in all these cases. That's a really big conversation. Hey, before we go, we're going to have a great story tonight on justthenews.com. There is some new interview information we got from the IRS and FBI case files of Hunter Biden. And it shows that Hunter Biden's accountant was going to be a star witness against him if, and they might still bring these charges, if they bring felony tax charges against Hunter Biden for tax evasion. Well, his accountant provided the FBI some really extraordinary pieces of information, uh, really important because it shows that he himself didn't think Hunter Biden was telling the truth. He himself knew that Hunter Biden wasn't making good on all the tax debts, even when they were trying to get right in 19 and 2021, trying to catch up, pay off some of the bills with the help of a Democratic donor and lawyer and Hollywood agent named Kevin Morris. The accountant kept saying, I don't think we're getting the truth on this. Still, we have the entire story tonight on Justin News. Go check it out tonight. I think you're going to enjoy it. But it is a big and important and meaningful story. And I can't wait for all of us to read it in the morning. Stephen Richards and I are going to team up on it, and I think you'll enjoy all of the news in it. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Senator Marshall Blackburn from the great state of Tennessee is going to be with us. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. You should, too. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I know as you're watching the House move down the line now and get some of these appropriations bills out there, get some of the work that's been on the tarmac for a while, you're wondering, well, what about the Senate? What about Mitch McConnell? What about the Republicans in the Senate? What about Chuck Schumer? Always a mystery to a lot of us. Our next guest has her finger on the pulse. Not only the finger on the pulse, she has a finger on the trigger. She's helping all the time to get common sense things through the Senate and to try to shrink the size of government and finally get some security on what is a very wide open border right now. Joining us from the great state of Tennessee is Senator Marsha Blackburn. Senator, great to have you on the show today. I'm delighted to join you. Thank you so much. We love the work you do. And I think a lot of people say, well, Democrats got two thirds of Washington. Nothing can be done. You never take that as an answer. And I think some of the stuff you've done in the last couple of weeks with the legislation that would give border authorities the ability to fingerprint children, make sure they're not in fake families and really being trafficked for drugs or sex or other things. Such an important tool. By the way, it seems like so common sense, except it's not part of our strategy. How important is that in the fight against human trafficking right now? 
Oh, John, it is so vitally important. What we found out when we did DNA testing at the border, and Joe Biden ended that, saying, well, it slowed down the process and it took too long. It takes 45 minutes to do a DNA test. And doing that test, we learned that fully a third of the children were being trafficked. They were not with an adult who was related to them. So think about that number. And a third of the children with an adult that they probably don't know, but they're being sent with that adult, or they're children that are being recycled. And there is a horrific process that the cartels use. And there are children that they take from families and they will send this child repeatedly to the southern border. When the child gets to the border, the adult is processed and sent in, and the child gets sent back to their family. And then the cartel takes them again, and they recycle them. They send them through with another group of adults claiming to be a family. And then once the child is separated, they send that child back. And Border Patrol will tell you they've seen some children come through eight and nine times. With oh, my different- gosh. Oh. Yeah, so this is a very abusive process. Doing the DNA testing and also my Prince bill, which fingerprints these children, allows Border Patrol to fingerprint them, will cut help cut this out because the cartels will know the rules of the game have changed and that they're going to have to go through the DNA test and then they're going to be separated and these individuals will be removed from the country and disallowed entrance back into the country. It's so important. And and the name that you gave the bill, I know the acronym is PRINCE, but it's so important because it gets at something that is really at the heart of human trafficking, which is we're treating humans like products when the cartels are doing this. Preventing the recycling of immigrants is necessary for trafficking suspension. That's the name of the law. These children are really used as mules. It's it, And it, it, I think you, more than any other senator, has the way of really getting people to understand that this isn't some hypothetical exercise. This is really going on. And children are being victimized not once, but sometimes 10, 15 times. Yeah. Now, this is standard operating procedure for the cartels, and the cartels are in charge of that border on the Mexico side. There is not anybody or anything that comes across that southern border without the the guidance of the cartel. They are in charge of all of this. It's so amazing. Uh, another thing that I think is important, I was reading the bill last night, you're going to require Homeland Security, they've been playing hide the ball on this. They will not actually report the accurate number of apprehensions of these traffickers that are bring children in falsely claiming their family when they're not. You would give the American people some visibility into that data for the first time so we can get a real sense of the scope of it, right? Because there's a, such a large number of unaccompanied children coming in, 100,000 plus a year, right? That's accurate. And what we have to do is change that so that we do have um, more clarity into exactly what is is happening there. And the treatment of these children that are the unaccompanied alien children that are coming to the border, as you know, uh, Health and Human Services and the Office of Refugee 
resettlement has actually lost track of 85,000 of these children. They can't find them. They don't know if they're dead or alive. They do not know if they're in labor gangs, sex trafficking rings, uh, if they're being used to sell drugs and traffic drugs. And to not know where these children are is, uh, and especially when you hear, like New York City, these big sanctuary cities, uh, New York, Denver, Chicago, and what are they talking about? The number of uh, prostitute rings that have sprung up in these cities where they have the cartels actively running businesses and the cartels have set up these sex trafficking rings. And it is these women and children that they have brought across the border that are being forced into this. Yeah, and so it's so disgusting and it's so visible. I mean, it's sitting out and open. You are one of the few people that have the courage every day to call this out and do it. Uh, Glenn Grothman, who helped come up with that 85,000 number through some subpoenas he did or, or document requests. I mean, it's just a stunning number. We It's a stunning number. Yes, you're you're correct. Yeah, Senator, it's amazing. Well, I know so many Americans, particularly parents with children or grandparents with grandchildren, they're so grateful for what you're doing because you're you're really fighting for someone in some group of constituents that have no real voice in government. And it really is an amazing thing to see. I want to flip to what's going on in the House. The House is breaking up Israel, Ukraine and border aid because they think, you know, as a principle in the House, they should be voted on independently. I'd like you to give us a little referee of what you think of that approach and how it's going to happen in the Senate. A big moment yesterday on top of that, because I think Republicans, you included, said, hey, if you're going to do Ukraine aid, you better have some border security or you don't got the Republicans. That's a pretty big moment as well. It was a big moment. And we've got a good plan pulled together. James Langford has led the work with our uh, group on this. I've re reinserted the DNA testing so that we've got that in that legislation. And um, what I think, I think the House is right to begin to separate these. I did a telephone town hall last night. And one of the things that came up from a few of the people on the call was they want to see Congress take up one bill at a time. Isn't that amazing? Actually follow what is going on because they'll be following something and all of a sudden it gets wrapped in with 10 different things and they're going, hey, wait a minute, I don't support these other things. So they would like it one bill at a time. So dividing this out is appropriate. Now, when it comes to the Senate, the House uh, Israel package is a good package. It's what Israel asked for and it's what we ought to do. The Senate should take that up and move it on off the floor and get that out of here. Uh, Ukraine is going to take a little more work because nobody wants Putin to win this thing. We want Ukraine to win. Uh, but, John, we have got to have some transparency into what is happening with this money because you've got humanitarian aid, governmental aid, and then you have military aid. Now, some of that goes back to our military-industrial complex for manufacturing, and there are about 35 states in the country that have uh, defense manufacturing in the state. So I think in the Senate, something that may come forward 
is being able to put some benchmarks in because we have to secure the southern border. We have people who are known terrorists coming to that southern border and trying to enter the country. So some benchmarks for meeting certain benchmarks on the southern border and then allowing that money to go out in tranches so that we can get some accountability and visibility into what is actually happening with those funds. Yeah, that's important. So we know if we're really winning too, right? We don't even know if we're winning there or the way the war is because there's so much murkiness about the strategy and the expenditures and who ultimately gets the money. So that would be a major win for the American people, for sure. I want to turn to one other subject because I think most Americans that woke up the last few weeks and said, what in God's name is going on our college campuses? What's going on in the United Nations? I mean, really, you've got anti-Semitism and hate just in plain view. I mean, without any impunity by the, the perpetrators, they don't even realize how hateful they sound. And look, you had a very important tweet. Uh, and I, I think when people look at the dual system of justice, they'll look back at this tweet and say, Senator Blackburn had it right. Thousands of Hamas sympathizers deface and vandalize government property. A federal crime, only one arrest was made. Pretty big signal when D.C. police and the Secret Service don't round up people who literally destroyed property that is the White House. It was unbelievable that they would not arrest these people that are out there defacing all of the the area around the White House. They're spray painting, they're putting slogans, they're putting hand marks, they're uh, defacing this property and no one gets arrested or only one person gets arrested. It is astounding to, to us. And what we do know is there are two tiers of justice. You can see it throughout the system. We've seen it with Russia collusion. We have seen it with the DOJ and the FBI. We've seen it with Biden Incorporated. And people are tired of this. They are paying attention to this. And I think in 2024, that two tiers of justice is going to be a significant issue for the American people. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I think a second part of this is people looking back and said, wait a second, the UN was created for creating peace around the world or encouraging peace or trying to impose peace. And they can't even repudiate one of the most egregious acts against humanity in recent time. They can't even repudiate the terrorism that Hamas carried out in Israel. Are there sentiments beginning to grow among Republicans and maybe other senators that it's time to pull or reduce funding to the UN until they can really repudiate this sort of stuff? Absolutely. And I have the UN, uh, the defund legislation for the UN Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian refugees. This is an agency that's been around since 1938. That is how long we've been dealing with Palestinian refugees. And this agency has begun to hire people that are affiliated with Hamas. And they are spewing hate. We have a teacher that praised a kid for killing an Israeli. We have a pediatrician, a UN pediatrician, that was cheering the beheading of these babies. So, you know, John, it is, we know that Gaza, that Hamas is stealing the food, fuel, and medical supplies going into Gaza. We know that they are hiding those things and rockets and warheads and 
uh, ammo and armaments in UN facilities, UN schools. So what we're saying is, look, let's defund the UN uh, Relief and Works Agency. Let's stop sending this aid until we get rid of Hamas. And Israel and some of the agencies are saying go to the Rafa Gate, go south, and you can get food and medical treatment there. And they're taking it out of Gaza City. That's the right thing to do. And hopefully people will uh, leave Gaza City and go to the south and get what they need to survive. And then let's eliminate Hamas from the face of the earth. They are a terrorist organization. The U.S. recognizes Hamas as a terrorist organization. And let's... Um, And I will say this, too, with these colleges and universities, you know, Senator Rosen and I have a resolution that passed the Senate unanimously, and it condemned these rallies that are taking place and this anti-Semitic activity that is taking place on our college campuses that are anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, and pro-Hamas, and I I would go a step further on even the resolution of condemning these activities. And we do hope that the college presidents and college boards saw this. But we also should be deporting people that are here on student visas who participated in these pro-Hamas rallies. We should also remove funding from these colleges and universities. And uh, Tim Scott has a bill that would remove the funding federal funding. And Marco Rubio has one that would deport these individuals. Yeah, so important. Yeah, these, these are big issues. I, I have a funny feeling President Trump is going to get behind this tonight in his speech. This is an important thing. The UN has clearly lost its way when it's out there refusing to condemn hate and in many ways is embracing hateful and human rights abusing countries and organizations like Hamas. It's it's mind-numbing to think about. Senator, you are doing such amazing work. Every time we come out, you come on the show, we learn so much about real work, common sense work that's getting done for the American people. Great honor to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. I'm delighted to join you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to make a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to have Ambassador Kim Blackwell, former U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Human Rights Commission. But first, I want to take a minute to welcome back one of our great sponsors, Cardian Company. Cardian Company is a family-operated and nationally recognized fixed-income investment firm with more than 50 years of experience and quality service. If you want control of your financial destination and decisions, but also want an experienced and knowledgeable person's guidance based on your risk tolerance and your financial objectives, visit Cartico.com, C-A-R-T-O-C-O.com. Generally, for initial investments of $5,000 and up, you're going to see some victories. Find the investments that's right for you by visiting Cartico.com. That's Cartico, C-A-R-T-Y-C-O.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. 
That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, America. Earlier this morning, if you were on the Justin News website, you might have seen this great story, taking a look at the promise of the UN, which was to be a peace and security organization, and its actual practice, its actual rhetoric, particularly in the last few weeks as it's come to the uh, conflict in Israel, the horrific attacks on Hamas. They could, UN could not repudiate the Hamas attacks. Think about that. One of the worst attacks on humanity. United Nations couldn't even say it was wrong with a large enough voice. Uh, well, our next guest served at the United Nations. He was a U.S. ambassador to the UN Human Rights uh, Commission. Uh, he's also been an expert on all things politics and policy for a long time. Ambassador Ken Blackwell joins us right now. Mr. Ambassador, great to have you back on the show. It's always good to be with you both. We're going to be tempted to ask you a few questions about tomorrow's elections, but I want to start with the United Nations. I think a lot of people are shocked uh, when they hear, wait, the U.N. wouldn't even repudiate the Hamas attack on Israel. And, oh, on a regular basis, they're coddling uh, countries that are chronic human rights abusers. Has the U.N. lost its way? Uh, yes, it has. It, it has been uh, more interested in the spread of globalism than uh, cooperation between its 193 members. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Human Rights uh, Council uh, is made up of 47 nations. Uh, many of them shouldn't be on the jury. They should be in the dock. Uh, and what they do is that they protect uh, those human rights abusers that are in their club, so to speak. Uh, and in, in this case, when we're talking about uh, Israel, uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, countries that are hell-bent on destroying the legitimacy of that nation-state uh, and creating an atmosphere uh, that, is that is actually uh, fertile ground for its uh, elimination. Uh, and so we have to have an administration that is willing to use its muscle uh, not only uh, uh, with the, the the purse strings, as we are probably we are the largest funder. We we fund uh, the the United Nations at a clip of about uh, <clears throat> fourteen billion dollars, uh, wow. and uh, the the next two are China and 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 Japan, and and we know the mischief that they're they're constantly up to. So uh, we have an administration now that actually isn't concerned about getting uh, the UN on the, on, on the right track. They are using the nonsense of the UN as cover for their weakness. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't know what is on their list of priorities, but I'm pretty sure it's not that. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, and press into the funding issue, because sporadically throughout its history, uh, for the United Nations, there have been calls to defund it for the United States to, to cease giving it any money. And a few weeks ago, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville called for, for that again. Um, 
Do you do you see a future where that actually happens? Because in light of the many times in the past when this idea has been floated, it hasn't happened. So do you see that in our future? Um, yeah, I, I think what I do see in our future is the fact that we will tighten up our purse strings. Uh, we're not going to let our good dollars chase their bad ways. Uh, John Bolton, I was on the John Bolton team in the 90s that uh, had the uh, United Nations uh, notion of Zionism as racism uh, repealed. Uh, we, in fact, had a strategy of saying, basically, uh, we, were, we were going to tighten up uh, our contribution, hold people uh, accountable, uh, and then turn to other nations to, to, pay, to pay their full share. There's just no reason why we are the primary funder of the United Nations, and we, in fact, take head-on abuse uh, from, from that body. Yeah, it is really amazing. Uh, you had a marvelous uh, op-ed in the town hall uh, website the other day, the UN's missteps with, Ian, by, with Iran, betraying founding ideals. The UN's been coddling, much like Joe Biden has, Iran for a long deal, even though it's one of the worst human rights abusers in the world. Tell us why that reflects badly on the United States. Well, it, because one, uh, we, we had them in a financial vice. Uh, and the Biden administration actually loosened that vice. Uh, and one of the things that the American people need to know is that the, the billions of dollars that are now flowing back into uh, that country, these are fungible dollars. And so what they're doing with these dollars are funding their proxies, uh, you know, Hamas and um, uh, Esbullah. You know, uh, and and so we have to hold the administration accountable uh, because they're in this love affair with Iran, uh, and uh, this has been a consistent love affair running from the Obama administration uh, to this um, uh, this administration, and many of the voices uh, and the uh, advocates for a a looser. Uh, uh, accountability right. with Iran were were holdovers or or major players in the Obama administration. Susan, Susan Rice, most notably. Yeah. So you know we we we, right. we have to we have to call them out. We have to call the the Biden administration out because they are aiding and abetting uh, one of the most destructive forces in in all of uh, our our history. Sarah, I want to switch gears to elections because things officially kick off tomorrow. Um, I think there is a growing public sentiment that our elections are not secure now, and nor have they been for a long time. Uh, and as I travel across America and speak to viewers of this network, they are uh, pretty discouraged when it comes to next November and the security of, of those elections, and even starting tomorrow um, in states like Ohio. But I think there's a reason for optimism, and that's because of your work at America First Policy Institute. You're the chairman of the Center for Election Integrity, and you and, and your colleagues there have done some incredible work in different states across the country. Can you just kind of give us a teaser of some of those things that are going to fortify our elections? Well, we, we, we started with uh, a, a basic notion that if you're not in the room, you're not in the game. So we had to make sure uh, that those large gaps in polling places that were covered uh, by uh, <clears throat> responsible citizens, engaged citizens were, were filled. Uh, and if we take a look at 
what happened between 2020 and 2022 and today we are we have filled most of those polling places working with grassroots organizations not only in our targeted states but across the country we are we we have basically uh, made sure that we kept the pressure on uh, the U- United States Postal Service yeah. uh, because you know as you know they lose about three percent of their mail and so we have to make sure that not too many hands are touching uh, that ballot once it leaves the hands of uh, <clears throat> of the voter so working cooperatively with uh, folks who are engaged in the system whether it's the U.S. Postal Service or county uh, administ- uh, administrators and secretaries of state we have engaged people. Uh, we have tightened up the chain of custody. We have advocated for verification systems to make sure, and policy to make sure that voters are who they claim to be. Uh, this is a human enterprise. And so there are going to be hiccups, there are going to be mistakes, but we have worked very hard to reduce uh, those mistakes and those hiccups so that voters can have greater confidence in the accuracy of the count. But it starts with remembering, if you want to be in the game, you have to be in the room. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Yesterday in the state of New York, it was a distressing day judicially. I'm all the way over here in California, and I could feel the heat coming from that courtroom there in New York where President Trump testified uh, against a, a judge who I'm not sure is going to be able to deliver a fair trial, Judge Arthur Anger. On Now, we've got Jesse Benal. He's a lead attorney who has represented former President Trump, and he's the partner of the Benal Law Group. Jesse, it's great to see you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me again, guys. You know, as as I as I consider all of the factors surrounding this case, the that behavior and the rhetoric and the fiery exchanges between this judge and President Trump and his his representation there in the in the courtroom, I I think that the chances of a fair trial trial are pretty close to zero. Um, am I right? And also, you know, what, what's the best case scenario? If President Trump loses here, what's the best case scenario? I think the chances of a fair trial from this judge are exactly zero. I think he's made it 
um, very clear from the beginning that he wants uh, to be the judge on this case because he wants to get Donald Trump. Um, what really has suffered a lot in, um, uh, in, in this trial and in so many other cases is the rule of law. The idea that everyone is treated equal and is given a blank slate when they walk into a, a courtroom in this country. And this judge, you know, there's the, the other judge that's assigned to his case in New York, um, actually donated to Joe Biden. Um, you have the, the judge in D.C. Um, that also, before she went on the bench, uh, donated to, to Joe Biden when he was running with uh, Barack Obama. Um, you have the judge out in, in Colorado hearing the 14th Amendment case that has um, uh, donated a, against that, that cause as well. Um, so there is a number of these cases where judges are really destroying our faith in our judicial system by failing to recuse when they when they need to because they have a political agenda and everyone knows it. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. And uh, no one's talking about it. We have to get that uh, understanding out to more and more people, Jesse. That's a very good point. Uh, I want to take a second part of that bias factor because uh, I've watched Letitia James in a couple of recent interviews and she goes on and says, I, I never campaigned saying I was going to get Donald Trump, but there are like a dozen clips where she clearly campaigned. That was her abject. She made Donald Trump the centerpiece of her campaign. Uh, tell us why that's important and what we all should learn from Letitia James' behavior. Yeah, John, I, that's exactly right. There's um, there's no doubt that she has uh, made going after Donald Trump the the, the hallmark of her um, uh, tenure as the attorney general. And why that's so important is because we have a, a long held principle in this country that prosecutors jobs are not to go out and win cases and get convictions. A prosecutor's job is to do justice. And in order to do justice, you need to go after the, you know, the law impartially. You, you can't um, have, uh, have favor. You can't have fear. You can't have partisanship as a prosecutor. Um, but that, unfortunately, is exactly what we're seeing from Letitia James. It's what we're seeing from, from Jack Smith and the, the Biden Department of Justice, where um, they're, it's, they've engaged with lawfare uh, because they're absolutely terrified uh, of Donald Trump being president of the United States again. And they know the American people badly want him back. And so they think that, um, that everything depends on them destroying him in the court system so that he can't be president again. So that's what we're seeing right, right now from Letitia James and Jack Smith and others. It's extraordinarily dangerous. This is the most dangerous thing I think we've seen for uh, the American um, uh, support for, of the rule of law in, in, I mean, probably our country's history. Wow. Jesse, I want to ask you about the big picture because I, I see two very different MOs, two very different schools of thought uh, from one side to the other. I see on the Republican side people who are, are lawyers and judges recusing themselves because they want to be beyond reproach. They don't want there to be any question of any type of complications. Um, and then on the other side of the aisle, there there's no recusal, as we were just talking about. But on top of that, it, it, it's also in the lawyer community because we have one liberal lawyer Alan Dershowitz, who will come on our show and be constitutionally fair. And the, and, and constitution, I mean that in, in multiple senses of the word. A big C, as in the U.S. Constitution, but also a little C, as in constitutional fortitude and courage. 
Why is it so hard? Why, why have we gotten to this place where you have such disparate views of the law on both sides? And have we come to the place where irreversibly politics now trumps anything legal? That's a, a great point. And I, I really hope that it doesn't. I, I hope that we were, we really are able to return um, to our heritage um, of being a, a constitutional republic that is uh, a, a nation of laws and not men, as our, as our founders have said. But unfortunately, the left continues uh, to want to use the legal system to meet their political objectives. And it's something that has increased over the years. You know, a number of years ago, it really started with them trying to meet um, policy objectives and uh, using using the court system. But now they've taken it so much further where they, they use this legal system to actually go and try to uh, destroy their political opponents um, rather uh, than than try to do it at, at the ballot box. Um, that's something that for, um, for our government, our constitutional uh, republic is extremely dangerous. And you're exactly right. Republicans have, have always um, uh, been ones to say that they're going to take the, the higher road. Um, and really, the unfortunate thing is there's been a lot of unilateral disarmament um, in, in all that. And that's something that we can't have, because as, as long as the left uh, knows um, that they are not going to face any pushback um, uh, right. or any consequences for, for doing this, um, then they're going to keep doing it. So one of the I, I think one of the most important things that that President Trump needs to do uh, is he needs to enforce laws that are on the on the books. Uh, right. about violating civil uh, rights under under color of law. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us. Keep an eye out for that scoop tonight on Hunter Biden and his accountant and how his accountant was going to be a star witness for the IRS and FBI if federal felony tax evasion charges are ever brought against the president's son. We'll have that in the morning. Until then, God bless you and have a great night. 